Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Idleman Unplugged. We have a special uh, episode right now. I'm going to welcome uh, Congressman Mike Garcia. He is in my district, which would be Los Angeles County and then East Ventura County, I believe. Uh, and then yep. Mike is a uh, formal, former Navy pilot. And so thank you for serving our country. Uh, really appreciate that and always just appreciate what you do for us in this this area. Um, and I want to let listeners know too, or actually viewers in some cases, because it'll be on a podcast audio and then uh, also video, is the format is not, you know, debating. It's it's not, you know, me coming at Mike and then him coming at me. And we, you know, we've talked privately. I've shared my heart privately. So the format is to hear his heart to hear where he's coming from, to hear why some of the Republicans uh, voted in a way we don't agree with or don't understand. And just to be clear up front, um, to me as a pastor, obviously, no matter how many laws are passed in favor of same-sex marriage, you know, I can in- endorse it. And I believe it could dumb down, uh, it could pollute, it could dilute the sacredness of marriage. So that's where I have it from my perspective. And it seems like an extremely slippery slope uh, because society becomes even more decadent. And so as a pastor, as a Christian leader, I can love those caught in this lifestyle, but I can't uh, get behind them leading us in the wrong direction and really dumbing down this this incredible gift that God has given us with marriage. However, with that said, we know that there are a lot of Republican senators uh, and even congressmen. Uh, and then Mike, of course, who who voted in favor of the Respect the Marriage Act or Respect Marriage. Yeah. I, I didn't have it. Yeah, respect. For, it sounds so simple. I might have misunderstood it. So what I want to do then is because there's so many emails coming in or people texting me Facebook, like, what about this? Or what does this yeah. mean? Or and and I don't have the answer and I don't want to you know give out wrong information. So maybe you could just briefly unpack, you know, what it is um, and then where we're at with the amendments. You know, I know the, the Democrats have rejected some amendments, but then some amendments are still standing. And by the time people listen to this, maybe in the next couple of days, you know, or next week, things have might have changed a little bit. But where are we at today on Wednesday, December? Is it the 7th? 7th, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Wednesday, December 7th, 2022. You're in Washington right now. We might even hear the call for you to go and vote here in a little bit. So I know your time is limited. Uh, and then we'll, I'll just go through a few questions and, and we'll try to see, uh, just get a better understanding of what's going on. Sounds good. And and thank you, Pastor, uh, for for uh, doing what you do for our communities, the leadership. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar, I, you know, I, I am a man of faith. I've accepted uh, Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And uh, it's because of uh, uh, the churches, the local religious leaders in our district that I've been able to navigate this uh, this journey over the last uh, few years. It's been a, a journey of providence, and I'm, I'm blessed to be able to represent uh, again uh, for another two years. But I do want to thank you for, for hosting this. This has been an issue, obviously, with the vote uh, uh, initially taking place uh, with the original House version of this bill a couple of months ago that I've that I've had to spend a lot of time explaining uh, to uh, the, the especially the evangelical base uh, of the rationale for this vote. And I always a lot of folks always ask, you know, was this vote hard? And I always tell people there's there's not hard votes. There's just some votes that require more communication, whether it's right. someone 
on the conservative right or left that I need to talk to. So I do appreciate this forum. Uh, my hope is that uh, this clarifies. Uh, in, in the end, we, we want clarity from our elected officials. And uh, while folks may still not agree with it, at least they understand the constitutional rationale. And that, and that I think, is the fundamental good starting point. Uh, first of all, let me say that this this bill doesn't legalize gay marriage. Okay, uh, gay marriage is already legal in in the vast majority of states. Uh, this bill doesn't make gay marriage constitutional. Uh, gay marriage is already constitutional per the Supreme Court's uh, ruling in 2015 on the Obergefell case. Okay, so the question is, what does this bill do, and why why do we need this? Why was this brought forward? I'll I'll say first of all, I'm in the minority, and I didn't bring this bill forward. Right, this was the left. Right. Uh, the Democrats bringing a bill forward in response to the Dobbs decision. Uh, we all know the background, but the, the real question is, what exactly does this bill do? And so while it doesn't make it legal, it doesn't make it constitutional, those things already exist. Uh, what this bill does do is, is effectively uh, allow for reciprocal rights across state lines for folks who are in a gay, in a, in a gay marriage already. Um, and, and by the way, it's important to note that this isn't just for uh, a married couple that is gay. It's also addresses uh, not just same sex marriages, but interracial marriages, interethnicity uh, uh, marriages. Uh, and so this this bill is intentionally more than just uh, a same sex marriage. And so what is that? What, the question is, what does that mean when when we talk about reciprocal rights across state lines? What What is a real example of uh, of what happens? So. Uh, I'll, I'll use just a, a case study. If, if, a, if a couple that is, that is married in California, same-sex married couple um, in the military, for instance, which is now also legal and, and constitutional, gets orders to Texas, for instance, mm. uh, Texas, California, uh, gay marriage is legal. Texas, gay marriage is banned. Uh, if one of them were to pass away, uh, the, the, the other would not get, uh, the benefits of their, of their, of their, of their spouse in this case. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so there's a discrepancy between one state and the next in terms of benefits and, and the type of benefits are marital tax deductions. Uh, in states where gay marriage is illegal, they may not be able to uh, file as a, as a married couple where they may actually be able to file as a married couple, say in a state like California. Uh, Social Security spousal benefits, uh, IRA uh, uh, retirement accounts uh, benefits, uh, inheritances and tax benefits and health insurance benefits. OK, so this, again, isn't addressing the legality or the constitutionality of same sex marriage. It's not passing judgment on the on the morality of it. Even um, it's it's simply normalizing the rights uh, that they have access to across state lines. And okay, so the question so is, more... does Con what's that? Oh, so Go it's ahead. more about since everything's like you said is legal. Now it's just a a way in which how you would feel. How can I better serve the gay community and not make them feel you know? But yeah, also, quick question on that too, Mike is why would they throw an interracial marriage? That's that's legal as far yeah. as I I mean that. It's yeah, like, I'll come back to that piece. It's the short okay. answer is it's all political. They're trying to you know Got paint, paint uh, yeah. swing district uh, members like myself into a corner. And exactly, uh, if I okay. vote against that, then you know I, it looks like I don't support racist. you know interracial marriage, yeah. which is which is very yeah, uh, terrible. You know, it's the weaponization of of law. So it, it's not um, you know you mentioned in your opening that you can't endorse it, but you still love them uh, as right. a pastor. You would bring them into the fold and still. Uh, you know, uh, treat them like the rest of your congregation. 
as a legislator at the federal level, especially my job isn't even to love people. My job is to make sure that there's an equal application of the Constitution. Okay. Um, And then once the Supreme Court deems something constitutional, once the state legislative bodies deem it legal, um, I I don't have a choice to say, yeah, but the Constitution doesn't apply to you. Um, uh, You know, so so this is, you know, the Constitution isn't there to judge people. The Constitution is there to protect individuals. And then once their constitutional rights are established to make sure that they have an equal application of it. And so the, the question is, why does Congress, you know, get involved in this type of thing? Isn't this a state's rights issue? And the short answer is it can be interpreted that way. But once the majority, in this case, Nancy Pelosi and, and Schumer in the Senate decided to bring this bill forward, they, they had constitutional authority under uh, a relatively unknown clause in the Constitution. It's, it's under Article 4. And it's called the, um, uh, well, it's Article 4, Section 1, and it's, it's called the Full Faith and Credit. And basically what it says is, and I'll read it directly, Section 1, full faith and credit shall be given in each state to public acts, records, and judiciary proceedings. And the Congress may be general, may make general laws to prescribe the manner in which such acts, records, and proceedings shall be proved. Um, and so what this is basically saying is that Congress, when there are laws made at the federal level and then other laws made at the state level, Congress can take the action to sort of normalize that for continuity across state lines. Uh, this was done for child support in the past. OK, it used to be that a deadbeat dad who was in arrears with child support where the child support laws were were a little more favorable in Nevada. For instance, he could leave California, move to Nevada. Um, and in, 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 and basically Congress took the action to say, hey, no, this, this, this arrears is obligated regardless of what state you're in. Okay. So that's, right. so that's what the bill does. Um, can I, can I throw something in there real quick that kind of sparked my interest? Or I can actually wait till we get a little bit in. I'm just wondering though, you know, is there ever a point, like, let's say I'm a congressman. Is there ever a point where I do draw the line in the sand? Let's say the Supreme Court now legalized that an eight year old could, marry a 40 year old right at what point do you yeah, say yeah hold, 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 hold on guys and so i guess my thing would be yes the supreme court did that in 2015 but my conviction tells me actually the supreme court is um not in alignment with a higher law so what would happen yeah. if i were to make that statement it was it you know it's a it, would it gain momentum would i be um is that even possible i mean that would be my is there ever a line i guess the supreme court could cross to where yeah, you know. I think there are lines that the Supreme Court can cross. Um, but this is but it is the, problem, it is yeah. the law of the land, right? It is the rules, right? So for me, the my personal litmus test, when you talk about <clears throat> things like equality, e- equality doesn't come at the expense of someone else. OK, and in the case right. of, a, a, you know, a 50 year old marrying a 14 year old, that is coming at the expense of the 14 year old. That 14 year old is, is not only being taken advantage of, but raped and molested in this case. So I don't, you know, obviously the Supreme Court's not going to do that, but the Supreme right. Court looks at these things through that lens of equality. Equality doesn't come at the expense of someone else. So when they were pulling this bill together, that was the initial reaction of folks like me was, hey, okay, so if we're going to apply an equal application of the Constitution, that's fine, but Who is this coming at the expense of? Are we going to go after churches? Are we going to go after private Christian schools? Are we going to go after abortion clinics that don't, uh, you know, ascribe to these same values? And, and so this is why 
the text of the bill is very important to read. And I'll, I'll read you some lines. And yeah. this bill, you know, it's actually refreshing in terms of the quality of this bill, the size of this bill. A lot of bills we get are 3,000 pages long. This one's, this one's literally just these, these two pages. And so it's, wow. it's pretty digestible. So I'll read you um, what are sort of the protection clauses within this bill. These are the amendments that are coming to the floor for a vote. And so at this point, if someone were to say the bill is so big, nobody knows what's really in it, we have to say hogwash to that because Correct. it's yeah. just a couple pages. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And this has been one of my frustrations is that, you know, I'm getting 20 text messages a day, three phone calls a day, all these emails uh, about yeah. this bill. And I always ask, you know, it because I've asked you the same. Have you read yeah. the bill? And then the, the, their initial reaction is always, oh, no, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's too big. It's thousand. This one's not. This one's only a few hundred words, in fact. So, but um, okay. it's very yeah. important that we, that we talk about these protections because this is black and white in section six of this, of this bill. And I think there's only eight or nine sections. Um, and again, each section is only a paragraph, but uh, it says nothing in this act or any amendment made by this act shall be construed to diminish a religious liberty or conscious protection otherwise available to an individual or organization under the constitution. Uh, or federal law. Okay. So that's, that's huge. And then it goes on to list, you know, this is consistent with the first amendment, nonprofit religious organizations, churches, mosques, synagogues, temples. And it's a long list of people that basically don't have to worry about being prosecuted because right. of this law. And, and really what this is doing is it has nothing to do with services. It's got nothing to do with, um, you know, uh, it, for instance, in your profession, the, the, the service of, of, uh, ministering a, a wedding, um, a ceremony. Uh, this is actually just applicable to the states and making sure that the states provide the benefits. Um, and so with that, there's language later on that basically says um, nothing in this act um, uh, should should basically jeopardize the tax exempt status, uh, tax treatment, educational funding, grant contracts, scholarships, licensing of all of these same equities. So it is very black and white. And I know there was a lot of discussion about the Lee Amendment. The Lee Amendment was several pages long. It was actually longer than the bill it was itself. Um, this, what so was that, ultimately included, was very just black and white. You're not going to get prosecuted. Your tax-exempt status is protected. So that leads me... First, I should let people know, too, when it, at least our board of directors, our elders, um, we're not worried about compromising the 401c3 you know, tax status exemption. We would, we would give that up in a heartbeat if it sure. means maintaining, you know, the word of God. But, um, you made a great, good point that I want to follow up on is, so there's not an amendment right now or so the bill, you would say the bill itself, the way it reads has enough protection or is there yeah, an yeah, amendment? This, trying this is, yeah, I, I believe that. And, uh, I, okay, and I truly gotcha. believe that I've done a lot of homework on this and we've been consulting, you know, a lot on this. I've, I've, I've had, Constitutional lawyers reach imagine. out from both sides of this one. And, and the bottom line is every time we run this to ground, uh, the, the bottom line is, is that this bill does not have a potential to go after churches, nonprofits, you know, uh, for religious exemptions, tax exemptions status. You, the fear is that we will be litigated to death, that someone like you can't make right. it rain long enough to tread water uh, yeah. against someone who just decides to litigate. Um and, and unfortunately, so, I mean, that's, that's the reality with every bill we pass here. Like, yeah. Lawyers look at all these and they salivate over them. But th this yeah. one is as black and white as I've ever seen, at least. Come you're going to get sued no matter what. No matter where you're at, you're going to get sued or the potential. Yeah. But if I were, let's say now this is the law of the land, 
but I still open up the Word of God and say, hey, I, I don't agree with this. Technically, am I breaking no. the law then? Am I opening my... No, because okay. you're protected by the First Amendment. Freedom of speech. Okay. Yeah, freedom yeah. of speech. And okay. again, remember, this doesn't apply to uh, equity. This in individual equities or organizations like churches. This applies to the states. This is a, a bill I got you, yeah. for the state of Nevada or Texas that just says, hey, if a, a resident of California moves to your state, you have the obligation to recognize their state laws, not just right. your own on this topic. Um, so a lot of it has to do with the financial responsibility or 401ks or retirement, or like you said, if a spouse dies, they're benefits. treated equally in all 50 states, basically. That's, that's um, what this is. Yeah, I can it. get you a, a short list of all of those. But yeah, it's marital tax deduction, ability to file taxes. Jointly. What about like, and, and you, made a, you made a great point, and I've, I've really thought about this a lot on uh, equality. Because let's say this does, now can a foster care, does a foster care have to put kids with a same-sex parent? And, it, and to me, that would, that would, in the same way you said, uh, you know, marrying an eight-year-old would damage her, to me, that would damage, see, the, there's just no way this, this, the same-sex marriage, to me, when you, when you look at equality all the way out, it would damage the kids, a five-year-old you're putting in the home of two moms or two dads. And so I know we're, I mean, the Titanic's been hit in America. I mean, there's no, I, it's not like we can just fix it here or there. But so when I look at equality, I look at even the damage that it can cause, this bill can cause in, in the little ones, the lives of those and how it's demeaning marriage and how, is it possible that this could open the door for a marrying three people or marrying four or marrying your dog or your animal? I mean, it's not that, no, it's more this, of just... This, a, this okay. bill doesn't do that. I, I mean, there are there are okay. laws already and I, I have to go do my homework with the abortion clinics. There may already be laws in the books that say you can't discriminate on the basis of gay marriage. Right. But, but I know those private institutions also have the ability to place <clears throat> uh, children in accordance with their values, the principles, uh, and got their faith. So, um, so what this bill actually does is it reinforces that this sort of reciprocity bill doesn't actually feed into or encroach on okay. those rights and privileges. So you are kind of in a rock and a hard place because, okay, as a Christian, I see the, the moral ethical, but also as a, uh, representative representing yeah. all types of people. I, I, the constitutionality and the protection under law. And so that was your challenge. That's, that, that's going, my yeah. daily struggle, right? Every yeah. day is, it's an issue oh, as, as a Christian, you know, but I, I took a note to defend the constitution. And in this country, right. the constitution actually gives you the right to go to hell, right? The constitution yeah, allows true. you yeah. to make mistakes, to Choice. not be a person of faith and, and not believe in God. And when you look at even the 10 commandments, uh, you can violate 80% of the Ten Commandments and not commit a crime in this country uh, uh, per our Constitution. The only crimes of True, the Ten Commandments, right. thou shalt yeah. not kill and thou shalt not steal. And yeah. I always come back, and I think this was one of the first things I mentioned to you, is that in this country, sinners still have rights. And my job isn't right. to determine who goes up or who goes down. Right. My job right. is to make sure that, th that they have an equal application of the Constitution. And in my private life and in what I what I, right. what I preach to friends and family is different, um, and, and then some of these laws, per, for instance. Um, but, you know, um, when you look at how the Bible would have treated some of these infractions, it's not something that a, a federal republic like ours would be able to, to execute, um, in some cases. And right, Leviticus, right. when you look at Leviticus on this issue, uh, that's not a feasible position uh, for a federal republic like the United States to take on, on this topic. You mean on the punishment 
of it. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah. When I yeah. see you see throughout Scripture, especially the Old Testament, God's moral laws haven't changed. So although we don't kill someone caught in adultery, the punishment's not there, but the moral, the morality yeah. of it hasn't changed. And that's where that's you right. find yourself in that pickle. And um, yeah. I'm just wondering, and people know, I mean, we've, we talk, we don't, we don't agree on it, but I, I'm not in your shoes. You're not in mine. And so we have to just, yeah. you know, respect that, that God has us where he wants us. And, and I don't see the full, I'm glad you came on and explained all of this because, you know, I don't, we don't really understand what exactly it will lead to, what exactly it will mean. I, I don't think it's a good idea whatsoever, but again, from your perspective, you know, where you're at. And so the last put the question I put on here. So the Christian leaders, what you would say, many of them are kind of missing maybe is what you just explained. You know, that yeah, we look I think at this it. isn't like I said, I think what they're missing the common denominator and, and I'm oh, by the way, I'm always open to the conversations if people want to. Bring oh, yeah, them, you are. You yeah. Know, you're, okay, you're well, what about this? Open. What about that? I'm happy to have that. I don't have all the answers, but we do a lot of homework, especially on, on issues like this, because we are conflicted in some ways. But, um, <clears throat> you know, what, what they're missing is that this doesn't le- you mentioned. This, this doesn't legalize gay marriage. Like I said, this doesn't make it already legal. Those, yeah. those bells have already been rung. And you mentioned the morality of uh, the, the punishments may change, but the morality of things doesn't change in the Bible. Um, but the legality of things does change in a federal True. republic like yeah. ours. And so as a, as a legislator, I have to not only look at the morality of things, but the legality of things and uh, and then balance that. And the bottom line is, is that, you know, before my dad passed away a few months ago, he said, he, he just said, Mijo, you, you, you call balls and strikes. You read the yeah. Constitution, you call balls and strikes. And to me, uh, the, the Constitution is very clear. When you read the 14th Amendment, um, the, the 14th Amendment makes it very clear. And this is what the Supreme Court cited in their Obergefell decision. Um, and so when the Supreme Court makes a decision, and then they underpin it by the 14th Amendment and then the state passes yeah. laws and then the Congress brings it forward under the, you know, Article 4, Section 1, full faith and credit uh, uh, clause. Uh, I can't as a legislator go, yeah, but that doesn't apply because I don't necessarily agree with the morality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're, 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 you're in a rock and a hard place. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually read the 14th Amendment twice last week because, again, it, for, I don't see... It's like a quantum leap for them to take that, especially the first paragraph, to take that and now, okay, gay marriage. I think the founding fathers would have abhorred that decision. I think the original, the original Supreme Court justice with John Jay, they wouldn't even consider the matter, but it's where we are now. And, and what, you know, what are we supposed to do with, with what, where we are now? And that's what you're trying to navigate those waters and different things. So, um, yeah. anyway, you know, Congressman Mike, I don't really have any other questions. I don't know if you do or you want to finalize anything. I just want to let people know exactly what is going on. Cause you have a better pulse on what this really is about than, than most of us. I mean, we're not following it this closely. We're not in the hearings and the meetings and the voting. Um, but as of now, I think. T- there, so there is no amendment to this as of now. It's, it's got stand. so what happens is we, you know, it passed out of the House. Uh, they changed the language in the Senate. So when they do that, it has to come back to the House for a vote, and you have to do a final sign off on it. Yeah, correct. And then it goes yeah. to the President, signed into law. But so the the language that came from the Senate has a series of amendment sections in it. <clears throat> These amendment sections were the protection clauses um, that weren't in the House version. And when it came through the House the first time, when I voted for it the first time, my, you know, I, my position was we don't need a protection clause because we have the First Amendment. As long as 
everyone is doing their jobs. And as long as uh, the legislative body, the judicial branch and the executive branch are moral and, 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 you know, fulfilling their oath to defend the Constitution, the First Amendment will protect us. Now, I'm happy to see this protection language get added. I think it reinforces it. It takes out any ambiguity so that you're not you're not subject to litigation. But uh, I'm I'm willing to put, uh, you know, a lot on the line that says there there won't be litigation against churches. Uh, If this passes in its current state with the language that's in there, um, we will see constitutional encroachments from other angles. I'm sure the prosecution of the churches from other angles. That will probably sure. never go yeah. away, but it, it won't be on this on this bill. Got it. Um, okay. And just so people know, uh, when we talk about the Congress, you have the Senate, which makes up two per each state, a hundred representatives, and then you're in the House of Representatives. So both of those governing okay. bodies make up the Congress. Yeah. And so it, it began in your 427 or how many? 435. Yep. 435. Mm-hmm. And so the vote went to you, you're, the whole the whole body there. And now it went to the Senate. The Senate approved it, but they also added a few amendments. And then now it's back to your team, this whole group to give it, to finalize it and then send it off to President Biden. That's right. So at this it's, point, it's, it's important to note in the Senate for the Senate to pass it. They actually have to have 60 uh, out of a hundred. 61. Yeah. 60. Yeah, yeah it's true. And yeah, that's where the 12 Republicans, anymore. that's where the 12 Republicans, I think I came over. And I think if I'm, again, I want to be careful, but I think there's actually one of those Republicans, or maybe it's in Congress, the House of Representatives, is actually really regretting their decision and wanting to kind of champion that challenge. But I think at this point, you know, it is what it is. It looks like it's going to go probably go to his desk when the end of this month, the president's desk. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be signed into law before the end of the year. Uh, of you the know, year. there's okay. a, there's still we're still not in the majority right now, so it's gonna it's gonna pass, right. uh, and it's probably gonna get signed into law. So but, okay, uh, well, you know, this awesome. is. This and- is this is one of those ones that, you know, again, like I said, it's I don't think the the, the, the First Amendment implications that we were fearful of are, are valid on this one. I think the, the churches will be OK. Uh, they'll be protected. The the, the, the yeah. private you know religious institutions will be protected. I, I think what we like to see is when things like this happen is more clear language in the bill, like, it, you know, clear language saying this has nothing to do with with church freedom of speech. Yeah, uh, do- doctrinal. What this has to do with is so gay marriage can be recognized in all fifty states universally for benefits and things like that. But their language is so vague, and then to yeah. throw in interracial, interracial is like, well, that that's all. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just straight political. There, them trying. Yeah, to, that's you know, and, yeah. and so I think these, to me, these sneaky little things. It's almost like you know, give an inch, take a mile, and it's just keep wearing you down and knock. But anyway, I also want to people see how two Christians could have a a a a, a, a nice discussion agree to disagree and um and just you know pray for each other and um and you know kind of yeah i I um, think that's huge i think that's what we're missing right now in our country i will say this uh you know these bills are very ambiguous they're very legalistic when you read them this is why we have uh federal representatives this is my job is to be the rosetta stone so that whether the bill is two thousand pages or two pages I can come back to the constituents and explain in, in plain English, hopefully like we have here today, uh, right. what this is and what this isn't, and then have the debate, have the pluses and minuses and the exchange. So um, they don't make it easy for us always to do that. The, the folks writing these bills sometimes do fuzz it up. But I, I will tell you this, if I if I I sleep well at night because I, I, I do vote uh, yeah. in accordance with the Constitution and, 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 right. my, and my principles um, and 
if I if I think any line has been crossed or we're, or we're, or we're getting right up to a line, I do slow down and we do deep dives. And this was yep. one of the ones we did deep dives on. So well, I that's why I appreciate it. You know, yeah, a week ago when we were or two weeks ago, I texted you and you know your response was not you know like argumentative. It was like, hey, you know, here's what I have to here's my conscience. Here's what I have to vote on. I have to protect the Constitution. Um, we, we have to make sure that these people have rights too. And I'm like, okay, if that's you know, that's your lens. That's your lens. You know, yeah. It, it, we, yeah. It's and literally it's like people, not just my lens, but my oath. Uh, that you know, oath. Yeah, that's true. On the Bible to defend the Constitution, and within right. the Constitution, the First Amendment uh, uh, basically allows people yeah. to 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 engage in certain activities that we may not morally agree with. So, and then, if the uh, Supreme Court starts to go in a very d- dangerous direction, I mean, I think even with abortion or different things, at some point, you know, it, there is a line that can't be crossed. And I guess right. you know, yeah. This is and that's why elections anyway. matter. I mean, you know, the, they're not elected, but the Supreme Court justices are appointed by elected officials and confirmed by election officials. So true. We do as evangelicals need to pay attention. We need to engage. And you, I know you've been great about uh, making sure people are getting smart on the issues and participating in this process. But um, it's very important. Amen. Amen. So anyway, we just uh, we just thank you. Let me pray for you, too, real quick. Lord, I just pray for our Congressman Mike Garcia, representing our district, representing uh, a lot of California, the population there in Washington. Lord, that you would guide him. You would direct him. You would give him wisdom and discernment and gentleness and humility to be just a a strong voice for you in that area. And we pray this in Jesus name. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate the time. All right, you too, Congressman Mike Garcia. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. God bless. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Again, My name is Luke Duncan, and I am your host of Idleman Unplugged. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Idleman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these eBooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.